Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. There's a weight that must be lifted. There's a trophy to be won. Amen. How many of you can say this morning, that I know my sins are forgiven. Can you just raise your hand, just kind of, amen, right? All right, I hope that's true of you. I pray that's true of you. Uh, My sins are forgiven. Uh, My home is in heaven. And if that's true, then we ought to be able to give praise to God for what he's done. Can someone just say amen or glory to God or just shout a little bit? I don't care what you do. Just, is that not true? Amen? I'm telling you what, I listen to the words of that song and about how it's done. I mean, just what he's done, and it is done, as long as our faith is in him, and we've asked him to forgive us of our sins, and our faith and trust, and in him alone, and what he's done on the cross for us, what a wonderful, wonderful testimony that we can praise God for what he has done. And I pray that you do that every day in many ways, Many times a day that you think about what God has done and just give praise to him. Look again in Mark 14. I'm going to read both sections of scripture this time. So just stay right there where you're at. Sit right there. Not going to stand up or anything, but we will hold our Bibles up. If you've got your Bible, hold that up this morning over your head and say along with me. This is the word of God. I will read it. I will believe it. And I will obey it by the grace of God. Don't you worry about that. Half of us did that half the time for the first couple months we did this. But the idea is, yes, this is God's word. We need to read it. We've got to believe it. And we certainly need to follow it. So thank you for saying that with me, along with me, repeating me. It doesn't matter. Uh, I pray that you know that in your heart and that you are reading the word of God. If you don't have a word of God, we will get one for you. Uh, it is important that we read it and that we believe it and that we obey it. We we have the precious instruction, Word of God, that we can read, we can know. Holy Spirit will help us understand and apply it to our lives if we belong to Him. And you say, well, I don't always understand. Just keep reading it. Just keep reading it. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep holding on. God will reveal His truth to you. Seek truth. And God will reveal himself, because he is true, to you. But let's read in Mark 14. And again, we're going to begin in verse 26. And now reminding you, they've just celebrated the last Passover that Jesus would ever celebrate. And I remind you that he made it into a worship, a new supper that was to be a worship, which we do on occasion here a few times a year here at Pleasant Hill Church. Uh, many other places they do as well, in remembrance of him, in worship of him, in recognition of what he's done, remembering what he's done. And so now, again, if you recall a few weeks ago, we talked about how the third cup, the cup of redemption, he drank and said, this is my blood, and then they sang the song, but they did not yet, Jesus said, I'm not going to drink anymore from the cup until I drink it new with you in the kingdom of heaven. And so therefore, our life is to be a life of a song of praise. A, a, what do you want to say, a hymn of praise, a song of praise, 
a life of worship. That's what we are to be living because that's what they did according to Passover and that's what they were doing here until he comes again and then it will all be worship anyway, but we'll no longer have a life on the earth, we'll have a life in heaven. And so now that took place and then last week we jumped ahead a little bit and we talked about prayer as he prayed in the garden. But now I want to go back because I'm going to hit both these sections of scripture that are before and after to cover the denial of Peter's denial. What would be Peter's denial, but it starts with Jesus telling them they're going to deny him. They're going to flee and leave him. And so we begin reading in verse 26 again. And when they had sung at him, they went out unto the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye, or all of you, will be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Now that was a prophecy that came from Ezekiel chapter 13, talking about Jesus would be, the Messiah would be smitten or killed, and all the followers would be scattered. That was a prophecy. Uh, The prophecy of the true prophets always came true. In fact, if a prophet were to prophesy something, and it did not come true, that prophet was to be stoned because they were a false prophet. They were claiming to be from God and giving a message of God, but they weren't, they, they weren't. And so therefore, this prophet coming from Ezekiel, a prophecy coming from Ezekiel, would come true, and Jesus is repeating it or reciting it here, telling them this is the time. And then he says, But at verse 28, but after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended. Lord, if everybody is offended at you, if everybody flees from you, if everybody denies you, I will not. Yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake all the more vehemently. In other words, no, that's not true. You're wrong. I'm not going to. I'll never. I'll die for you. He says, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise, or I'm not going to deny thee in any way, shape, or form. I won't do it. Likewise, they all said the same. They, all, they, they also said they all. In other words, they all, that's right, that's me too, Lord. That's me too, Jesus. That's me too, Messiah. That's me too, Rabbi, Master. And now skip down, if you would, because we're going to go back over. The, we're not going to read the prayer, and we're not going to read the beginning part of the trial where he's arrested yet, although... In the meantime, he goes and he prays in the garden. Judas comes and betrays him with a kiss, leads the Roman officials and and even the Jewish leaders, they're probably along with them, but leads them to Jesus and signifies this is the one that you are to arrest. And look down with me, if you would, in verse 40, I'm sorry, uh, 54. I'm sorry, that's not right. Lost my place. Somebody tell me what verse I wrote down because I don't even have it in my notes. 
Look in your bulletin, Landon. What did I write down? 56, thank you. 66, sorry, thank you. I, I knew I was missing. Thank you, Tracy. That wasn't Landon, but 66, thank you. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, so now he's being arrested. He goes before the Jewish leaders, and they do a mock trial. And then in verse 66, Peter is following along with most likely John, kind of in the shadows. In verse 66, um, and Peter was beneath in the palace. And there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with the Jews of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again, and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear saying, I know not the man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus saith unto him, before the cock crows twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, or when he had realized it, or thought about it, it hit him. In other words, he wept. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us to see that we are not to be too proud to obey your call for our lives. God, that we would be warned today, that we would be reminded today not to let our righteousness, not to let our spirituality, not to let anything that would cause us to be puffed up so that we miss what you have for us, what you're saying to us, what you're, where you're leading us. Oh, God, that we would not fall into the trap that Peter fell and God, that we would humble ourselves before you today. And remember that it's not what we do, but it's what you've done. And what you've done through your son. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are now, Peter being told after they had just had the Passover, they're singing, they go out, and they're getting ready to pray in the garden, and Jesus kind of out of nowhere, after he had been trying to comfort them, if you go to John, you, found that, you find the words that he said, I say these words unto you to comfort you. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you I'm going to die. I'm telling you they're going to arrest me. I'm telling you that you're going to be scattered, but don't be afraid. And then he goes out and says, you're going to all leave me. Every last one of you is going to run away from me this night. You're going to be offended. You're going to be terrified. And the word offended simply means you're going, you're, you're going to leave. You're going to be afraid, and you're going to not stand up with me. You're going to scatter. And in fact, it was an instruction, you should scatter. Flee. The prophecy was flee. But they did not. And Peter says, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. I will stand with you. 
I am strong enough, I am tough enough, I am spiritual enough, I am close enough to you, I love you so much, I would even die for you. And Peter, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you're, you don't understand, Peter. You're going to deny me. Not only are you going to flee from me, Peter, but you're going to deny me. Deny that you ever even knew me three different times before morning. Before the morning comes, it's the middle of the night, before the sun rises, before that cock crows, the cock was crowing to alert the basically the, the sign of the morning, the sign of the sun was coming up, it's morning now, and the rooster begins to crow, and he crows a second time after Peter had denied him three times, just like Jesus had said he would. And I want you to see the lessons to be learned, and a warning for you and I, that is found in this passage. Because many people struggle, there are many people that struggle with knowing God or even wanting to know God's will. In other words, there are a whole host of people that are not believers. There's a whole world that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and they don't know either of God's love for them or they have no interest in knowing God's purpose for them because, well, I don't even believe in that God or, or I don't believe that, that he has a call for me or a purpose for me or a will for me, and they have no interest in knowing, and so therefore they don't know what God's will is for them because they don't know. That's just a reality. There are people that are like that, and it's our job as Christians to spread the message of a God who loves them and does want to save them, and does have a purpose for them, and will walk through them through this life, and will give them eternal life, that's our job. But there's a whole host of people in this world that do not believe that and don't want to know it. And sadly, there are even some people that are church folks, and even, dare I say, Christians, that aren't really interested to know what God's will is for them. They... they, they I'm not saying they're not Christians. I'm not the judge of that. I'm simply saying they're like, okay, I've been saved, but I've got these other things over here I've got to take care of first, and I've got my family, and I've got all these things. And so, therefore, they're not really interested in knowing God's will and God's call for their life. That's just not a priority. We've talked about that. We've studied that in God's Word. We've gone through that even in the book of Mark where they left him and did not follow him anymore. Because it didn't fit. Judas, I've told you before, Judas didn't betray Jesus, I don't believe, because of money, the 30 pieces of silver. It was because Jesus was not going to do what Judas wanted him to do and be king then, to rise up, raise up an army and throw off the shackles and the oppression of the Romans then. And so therefore, when he realized that Jesus wasn't going to do it, he said, I've, I've got to do something to put an end to this and, and to get my way, and he betrays Jesus. And Jesus already told him, you're the one that's going to betray me. And now Judas has gone to the priest, and they've given him the 30 pieces of silver, and now here they're coming, they've, in, in between these two, they arrest Jesus. But there are those that do want to know God's will. 
There are those of us, those of you, me, that sometimes struggle to know God's will. God, I want to know your will. I want to know what you want me to do. I know that you love me. I know that you're God. I, I, I believe that, and I want to follow you, but I just struggle because of sin or because just different things in life. I want to know, but I, I struggle. And we talked a few weeks ago about how when he sent the disciples to look for the room or to find the room where they had the last Passover there, that he gave clear instructions and that it can be known. It's not hidden what God's will is for you. You have to be willing to look. You have to be willing to follow each step of the way, but it's clear God has a will. God has a purpose. We can know it. And so, therefore, we can hear God's voice, God's call in our life. And there are many of those, many of those people that, generally speaking, are consistent in reading God's word and praying and and finding God's will for them and knowing and obeying even God's will. You know, they faithfully follow out what they believe God's will is for them. Those of us, you know, maybe we serve in the church, we read our Bibles, we pray, we sing in a choir, or we sing in a praise team, or we come to church every time the doors are open. Uh, We might go out and visit, we might go out and canvas, we tell people whenever we have the chance about the love of God. Man, we are the faithful few, perhaps we might call it that, that are really just on fire for God. I'm doing great things for God. I'm busy in doing God's business. And really this message is for those of you that fall into that category. Because that was Peter. That was the disciples. They were the ones, and specifically I'm going to focus on Peter because he's the one that spoke up, even though they all said, yes, just as Peter said, we say the same thing, ditto. If we're not careful, we too, those of us that come to church week in and week out, those of us that go home and read our Bibles and pray and give our our offerings and give of our talents and give of our abilities and give of our time, and I'm a faithful servant of God, but we can become so proud that we miss God's instruction and call for our life. That's what happened to Peter. I want you to see this. I want you to see in this passage, we see some reminders of P- in Peter's denial about pride getting in the way, about pride being a sin. You know, we can read. We, we know this. And, and, and if you've been, spent any amount of time in church and any amount of time in Pleasant Hill, certainly we've talked about pride and arrogance being a sin. And, and we can read. We grew up in church, many of us, and we can read in, in Proverbs eleven two that says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. We know, and we can probably quote, or we think we can quote, Proverbs sixteen eighteen which says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And we say, well, I know that. That would never happen to me. And I wonder if Peter, who was a Jew, devout in his faith before he came to Christ and became a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, he was saying the same thing. That may happen to other people. They may stumble and fall. They may turn away from you. But I never will. Not going to happen. And I want you to see this 
Several warnings we see in this about being too proud to obey God's call. But this, sometimes it's those of us that are the faithful ones to serve and the faithful ones to work in the ministry, faithful ones to come to church, faithful ones to do God's work. And here we are that we're so proud that we, dare say it, disagree with God. You might say to yourself, I would never do that. But we do. God, what are you doing? God, you took that loved one. God, you allow this person to be sick. God, you allow this person to lose their job or or you allow them to lose their home or you allow them to go through this trial or that trial. God, what are you doing? God, you can't do that. That's what Peter was doing. Jesus told him something and he said, that's not right. You're wrong. Now, we might never say the words to God. God, you're just wrong. But yet sometimes we think it. Oh, we may never say it out loud. God was wrong in taking that person. God was wrong in making this decision. God was wrong in doing this thing. But that's what Peter was saying. You just told me something point blank. And Peter looked him in the face and said, you are out of your mind. Oh, we may not say those words, but do our actions, do our thoughts, does our heart betray the truth and and reveal the truth that yes, there's times. God, you can't, God, you, you, you can't be calling me to be a missionary. You can't be calling me to move and go to this church over here. You can't be calling me to serve in this particular class or this particular ministry or go out on visitation or to sing a special or to give a testimony. You, I can't do that. I, I, you're wrong in asking me, God. That's what we do. And so therefore our pride, because we think I'm so spiritual, I would, but then when God says, okay, this is what I want, and God, that's not what I'm doing now. God, that's not what, that's different than what, God, what are you doing? I mean, just think about that. You, Jesus, Messiah, Savior, Master, Rabbi, you're nuts. I will never, if everybody else Does it? I won't. That's pride. That's arrogance. There's a little cliche saying that we say in church circles, and perhaps you've heard it, if not for the grace of God, there go I. And sometimes as Christians, we get so caught up in our spirituality, and we we hear about people that used to be in church and no longer are, or we hear about people that were pastors or missionaries or ministers, and they cheat on their spouse or they have affairs or or they do things and, and, and you're like that would never happen to me be careful be careful you'll become so proud that you'll even disagree with God that's not true that will never happen i will not allow it. We know the truth. Now, again, when, we, when Peter said that, he must have known the truth. 
He must have known about God's wisdom. He must have known about God's sovereignty. He must have known about God being omniscient. And he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. He was the one that said, you are the chosen. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. And so therefore, he had confessed already, you know everything. Your will is perfect. You are God. He must have read the words in the Old Testament and heard them taught in the temple and in, in, in the synagogue about how God's ways being above our ways and his thoughts far above our thoughts. Yet he still looked God in the face and said, No, that's not right. You're wrong. And sometimes if we're not careful, even though we're so faithful and we go to church and we read our Bibles and we pray and we serve and God says, this is what I want. And you say, no, God, you're missing it. Oh, be careful. Because here's, here's the thing. Even though we know that, even though I think most of us believe that, all those things I just said about sovereignty of God and omniscience of God and his thoughts being above our ways and thoughts far above our ways and we still find an argument with God. And we find ourselves like Job being asked, you know, God, Jesus didn't do this to Peter in this moment, but I can just, in my mind, when God spoke to Job and he says, were you there? Who are you? Were you there when I created the foundations of the earth? Were you there when I created all that you see? Were you there? And God knows so much more than us, and he knows what the future holds, and he knows what the perfect plan is, and he knows his purpose for us. And why would we become so arrogant that we would question or challenge or reject what God says for us if we really believe it's the best for us? But Peter did. We still act and argue about how what we know is best and we want to counsel God and advise God and teach God a few things. You say, well, that sounds silly, but that's what Peter was doing. We have a, we have a saying in my family and amongst my brothers that sometimes a brother will begin to say something or tell a story and we'll look at him and we'll say, well, let me tell you how I know that's not true. Uh, that's what Peter was doing. Let me tell you, God. Let me tell you, Jesus. Let me tell you, Savior of the world, how that's not true. You say, well, that's awfully bold. But arrogance and pride gets in the way where we would disagree with God. And if we disagree with God, sometimes we become too proud. We miss God's instructions. So, all this is to show you, we, we disagree with God, and if we're busy disagreeing with God, we miss what he's saying to us, the instructions that he has for us. And the instruction here for Peter and for the apostles was to scatter, to run, to flee. Now, we're not getting into this too much this morning, but if you remember, he's, this wasn't just a prophecy. Now, it was a prophecy, but he's reminding them and saying, now is the time. It wasn't just repeating some words. It was telling them, flee, because in the next moment, Judas comes, and he's arrested, and because they didn't flee, Peter tries to kill somebody. And he tries to cut off the servant of the high priest, and he misses, but cuts off his ear. 
if Peter had listened and fled. Peter said, I'm going to prove that's not true. But then he ends up being true. Sometimes we're so busy arguing with God, we miss what God is saying to us. The instruction. We wonder why we don't know what God's will is. It's because we're too busy arguing with step one. God said, okay, here's what I want you to do today. And we begin, but God, I did, today I don't have time. God, it's not a good time for me. God, you don't understand what I've got going on right now. We're so busy arguing that we miss, and God is still trying to give us the instructions. And he says to scatter. You're going to scatter. Scatter. It's a prophecy. It's going to be fulfilled. So go ahead and just do it so that you're protected and you're preserved. But they didn't, and Peter didn't, and he ended up in a world of trouble. And the same thing happens to us. And then the third thing is this. Not only are we too proud to hear God's instructions, but we're also too arrogant to hear his warning. To hear his warning. Peter was so busy arguing that he missed the fact that Jesus is telling him, Peter, be careful. I've told you to do something and you're arguing with me, but Peter, it's going to get worse if you don't listen. You're going to deny me three different times. He warned him. And if we're not careful, we become so proud in arguing with God, we miss his instructions. But when he warns us and says, listen, haughty spirit comes before a fall. Pride comes before destruction. And we say, no, no, I'm sorry. That may be some people, but that's not going to happen to me. And yet time and time and time again, we watch. Is what I believe in many cases are truly godly people that fall, we call it falling from grace. They didn't fall from grace. They fell in grace, and God's grace is sufficient, but they fall in people's view. They fall in people's minds. They end up in a scandal. They end up in an affair. They end up running from God. They end up on the wrong side of where they should be, even though they've been warned. The fourth thing I want you to see is that they become so arrogant that, they, that sometimes we lead others astray. That's what Peter did. Peter was so full of himself. Do you notice how many times he says, I, I? Look back with me and look, and, and, and look in the verse. Go back again uh, to 14 and looking in verse 29. Peter said unto him, although all be offended. It may happen to everybody else, Lord. But I, I will not be offended. All should be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus warns them again, verily I say unto this day, that, that this night before the cock crows twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he says the more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee. I. I, I'm not going to. I'll go to death for you. I'm not going to deny you. I'm not going to run away from you. I'm not going to scatter from you. I, I, I. And when we realize as a Christian, when pride gets out of the way and we humble ourselves, we realize it's not I. It's not me. It's all him. And what Lane and, just, and the praise team just sang about, 
what he's done and what he's doing. And it's, I can do nothing of myself, but I have to have the strength of God that is inside of me. And we realize that we're not so arrogant that we miss his instructions, that we miss his warnings, and that we lead others astray because Peter led them astray because then all the other apostles, meaning the other ten, because Judas wasn't there, they said, yeah, that's me too. Sometimes if we're so, people look to us. And if we're not careful because of our pride, because, hey, I'm the leader. Hey, I'm, I'm the spokesperson. Hey, I'm this or I'm that. And God's done this in me. And God's changed my name. And God's called me the rock. And I'm part of the inner circle. I, I, I'm going to get to go farther than anybody else did in the garden. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm the one that first said that he was the Messiah. And people look to us. And if we're not careful in our pride, we will lead them astray because they all joined in with him. Very quickly, I want you to see the last two things, and that's this. We become so arrogant that we miss our opportunity. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but over in, at the end of the chapter there, when he's there outside the courts, outside the palace, and he's warming himself by the fire, and people that are not believers are around him, and he was to be a messenger of God. He was an apostle of God, and he's got people that are lost, that, that are, are blind to, to who Jesus is, and he has this opportunity to stand up and say, hey, that's my Jesus. That's the Messiah. That's the Lamb of God. I've already said all that. I'm going to say it to you, and I'm going to say it loud where everybody can hear me, but instead he misses it, and he does exactly what Jesus says, and he says, never knew the guy. Don't know what you're talking about. I'm not one of the the 12. Even to the point where he curses and swears, completely loses his mind, if you will, his temper, and says all kinds of things that come out of his mouth that should not have come out of his mouth, and denies his Savior. If we're not so... If we're not careful, we'll be so arrogant we miss God's warning. And if we're not so careful, we'll be arrogant that we lead others astray. And if we're not so careful, we'll become arrogant that we miss the opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Instead, we lead them away from Jesus or we drive them from Jesus. And we have to be careful that we're not looking at people in this world and going, you stupid, silly person, how can you not believe? Listen, they're blind. They're lost. They need a friend to come along. And say, let me show you the one who is the way. Let me show you the one that is the answer for all the world's problems. Yet sometimes we want to stand up and beat a pulpit and talk about how bad people are and how rotten they are and and how stupid it is that they can't see what it took some of us years to see. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, we never would have seen. Oh, my friend, we've got to be careful that we don't miss our opportunity because we're so proud of who we are. But lastly, I want you to see this. Our pride sometimes will cause us to miss God's promise. Now you say, well, he promised that Peter was going to deny him. Yes, but I'm talking about the wonderful promise. Did you see it? Did you see it? The wonderful promise of God. He's telling them they're going to scatter. He tells them they're going to leave him. He tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times. 
But in the midst of it is a beautiful promise. Go back. Did you see it? Will you see it? 14, verse 28. Verse 27, he says, you're going to be offended because of me. He gives the prophecy about the smutting of the shepherd. That was him. And the sheep, that was them being scattered. And he says, but after I am risen, I will go before you and meet you in Galilee. Sometimes we become so caught up in who we are as Christians. We're the chosen. We're the redeemed. We're the saved. And maybe we even get to the place where I'm one of the faithful few, man. I'm there in church. I pray. I read my Bible. I give my tithes and offerings. I tell people about Jesus and all these things. And we miss what God is saying to us. We miss opportunities to witness for him. We miss the warnings he has for us. But more importantly, most importantly than that, they miss the fact that Jesus said, although I'm going to die, I'm going to meet you after I rise from the dead. And they missed it. They missed it. And God has promises and words of love and hope and instruction for you and promises of good things that he's going to do for you. But we miss it because we're so busy arguing and leading others astray and missing opportunities and missing instructions. And oh, that we would learn the lesson of Peter and not become so proud that we miss what God is saying to us. Can you imagine if they had just been paying attention? If they had just humbled themselves like Mary did and sitting at Jesus' feet. Every time we see her at Jesus' feet, focused on him, worshiping him. And I wonder if perhaps that's one of the reasons why she realized before the others did exactly what he was going to do. And she prepared him for the burial. And you say, well, wasn't she one of the ones that was there going and was surprised when he wasn't there in the grave? Perhaps. I'm not saying she understood everything. But the point is this. If they had just been listening, if we just listen to God and pay attention and get pride out of the way and humble ourselves before God. That's when we're wise. And they would have realized, okay, he's going to die, but he's going to come back to life? That's fantastic. What wonderful news. And instead of mourning him and cowering in fear and weeping at the cross, they simply would have gone to Galilee and waited for him to come. But they missed it. Faithful Christian, faithful believer, I'm so glad that you are faithful. I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that you're willing to serve and minister and give and sing and praise. And I pray that you're telling people and inviting people and loving people. I pray that you are. But don't become so caught up in who you are that we're somehow special or we're somehow immune to these things and my sins are forgiven and therefore I'm better. No, humble yourself and learn the lesson from the denial of Peter. 
so that we're not so proud that we miss God's promises. We're not so proud that we miss the opportunity to tell others about him and blow our testimony. We're not so arrogant that we lead others astray or lead them away from Jesus. We're not so proud that we miss his instructions for us. We're not so proud that we would get into a shouting match with our Dear, precious God who created heavens and earth, who gave us life, who gives us the strength to live and say, you are wrong. But we would say, oh God, help me. And then we would find what Jesus says to Peter, not in this passage, but another gospel, but the same story where he says, Peter, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. The devil has requested you that he may separate you from your faith. But I'm praying for you. And you have an advocate with the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. And even when we stumble, and even when we fall in our pride and in our sin, we can still turn back to God. Yes, it breaks our heart as it did Peter's when he realized what he was done and that Jesus was right. But listen, I'm telling you that even though he realized that and he was heartbroken over it, there was a time where he was reconciled with Jesus and he repented and he came back. And Jesus said, I'm praying for you when the devil has come and requested you to separate you from from your faith. But I'm on your side, Peter. And when you have turned away from your pride, away from your sin, strengthen your brothers. And oh, my friend, you may be like me. And at times our arrogance and our pride gets in the way of hearing what God has for us and obeying what God has for us. But I'm telling you, there still is hope and there still is grace and there still is the compassion of a loving God where he says, it's my grace is enough. And that we would put aside and humble ourselves before a a holy God and say, God, thank you for all that you do for me. Thank you for talking and speaking to me. Thank you for loving me enough to share instructions and guidance and wisdom with me. Thank you for telling me what I need to do. Thank you for giving me the strength to do what I need to do. God, help me to remember who I am and who you are and who I am in you. And that we would turn and strengthen others. That we would help others, not in an arrogant way, in a humble way. That we would say, I know where you're at. I know where you've been. I've been there myself. Oh, friend, there's a God that loves despite. Can you just imagine now, Peter who'd followed Jesus for three and a half years. Peter who had done so much in the ministry along with Jesus. And now he just throws it all away. But yet... Jesus wasn't done with him, and Jesus is not done with you either. He has a plan for you. Peter would later truly become the rock, of which his name implied that he was given by Jesus. He would be the one that would lead the church after the resurrection. He would be the one that would preach the message that led to thousands at Pentecost coming to the Savior. He would be the one that would heal the lame. He would be the one that would die upside down on a cross because of his faith, not turning away out of pride, but humbling himself in God's grace. Oh, we can do the same.
because there is a God that loves you. There is a Savior that loves you. There is a Jesus that died for you. That ought to humble us, that the God of the universe stepped down out of heaven and became a baby and grew as a man and died on a cruel cross to pay our price. That ought not to fill you with pride. That ought to fill you with humility. The King of Kings died for a peasant like me and like you. Why? Because he loves you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us today. And God, thank you for allowing us to be here. And God, to hear this message that I believe you had for us about the fact that we should flee from our pride. Humble ourselves. Learn the lesson of Peter and the apostles. And oh God, I thank you for the faithfulness of these people. I thank you for the faithfulness of this church. I thank you for the faithfulness of others that serve you, but God, that you would intercede on our behalf. That we would not miss out of pride the instructions you have for us. That you would help us to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.